Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Terrace Talk Norwich City. Travelled to the city ground this midweek to play uh, former manager Chris Hutton and his Nottingham Forest side. Norwich, of course, sitting quite nicely, 10, top, uh, 10 points at the top of the championship, which is a, a rather lovely position to be in, I guess. And, and we'll ask Michael all about that in a moment. Uh, Michael Abrahamson, Norwich City fan, and also do, um, joined by Lee Clark for our Forest View. Uh, he's a, a journalist and a Nottingham Forest fan as well. Michael, let's start with, with you. You join us all the way from South Africa. So thank you very much for joining yes. us first and foremost. Um, I, I guess I have to ask, what is it like watching Norwich City's um, championship success as it is at the moment from afar? At the moment, Connor, to tell you the truth, it's wonderful watching Norwich City from anywhere in the world because it's such a great time to be a Norwich City fan, unlike what he was a year ago. But um, the team just playing so well and they seem to be able to turn around any match, no matter what the situation they find themselves in. Uh, it's just delightful, honestly, to to watch them and to know that there's so much belief in the squad that they can go on to turn around matches and dig out results, even when things aren't going for them. Yeah, and we'll reflect on that Sheffield Wednesday game in a moment. I, I just I'll ask you because we had a, a, an American Norwich fan on, and his story about coming to support Norwich City was actually very interesting in terms of um, uh, well, essentially he, he fell into supporting Norwich City. He went to Anfield, didn't particularly like it, and then ended up at Carrow Road, which he much um, he much enjoyed. What about you? What's what's your connection in terms of Norwich City? I, I, I guess the obvious question is is why Norwich City. Well, originally, you'll laugh at this, but originally it was the colours because yellow and green are my two favourite colours. So I was looking for a team who play in yellow and green. This was way back in the 1980s. And I thought Norwich City sound like a good team. They weren't doing particularly well. And I always like supporting the underdog. And I've just stuck with them and uh, followed them with very, very keen interest since then. I uh, had an, a wonderful opportunity to watch them. The only time I've ever watched them live was in 2011 in our promotion winning season when we played Scunthorpe and won 6-0. Uh, so that was the Grant Holt hat-trick in the first half. And then Simeon Jackson came on in the second half as a sub and scored a hat-trick in about 10 minutes. And uh, that was the only time I've ever seen Norwich City play lives. So uh, that was a great privilege because my wife's a big Arsenal supporter. And on the same day, she said to me, let's go watch Arsenal and Blackburn at Highbury. Or, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. I think they were playing at the at the Emirates since then. Um, but... I won the bet, I won the coin toss and I said to her, let's go watch Norwich. And we saw six goals and the team have delighted me ever since. Well, there you go. I think you, you definitely got the better end of the bargain now. I think having <laughs> seen Norwich against Scunthorpe, that's the that's the glamour that you don't get with uh, with watching Arsenal play. Lee, thank you very much for for joining us and and, and providing your insight on Nottingham Forest. Um, I, I guess the the obvious question to kind of ask you to to kick things off is where are Forest at the moment? Because obviously there was um, a little bit of a, a struggle before Chris Shooten came in, and and he's a manager that Norwich City fans obviously know well, not necessarily for the best reasons always, but certainly a, a manager they know well he seems to have stabilized things a little bit now at the city ground yeah i think uh, that that is the word uh, stabilization really i think um he, he wasn't dealt a great hand when he walked into the club obviously he's got a i think we had about five defensive midfielders to pick from um obviously chris Hewitt likes to play four two three one and he likes one of those uh one of the one of the two to be a progressive player but when you've got five defensive midfielders for the first couple of months that he was at the club, he was asking someone to kind of um, fulfil a role that they weren't overly comfortable with. But yeah, I think um, before our mini mini blip at the minute that we're on, we'd lost sort of once in about 13, 14 games. So 
that's kind of pushed us a little bit uh, more comfortable above the relegation zone. So I think it's just about getting to the end of the season for us, to be honest now. Um, sounds a bit stupid when you're only nine points above Rotherham and they've got four games in hand, but I think all the teams that are down there are down there because they can't put three or four wins together. So I think the consensus among a lot of fans is that we've probably got just about enough points as it is. So anything we get from, from here on in um, should ensure that we're a championship club again next season. It's, it's interesting you mention a, a mini blip because I've, I've got written down on my notes that it's, it's four defeats in 18 for Forest, which maybe isn't the worst form in the world considering maybe your, your league position. So mm. it, it's interesting to hear you say that. That's why it's always worth getting an, an opposition um, uh, fan on. In, in terms of, of, of Chris Shooton, because I think Forrest, I'm fairly, fairly, I mean, I'd be interested to get your view on this. Uh, maybe a club, particularly in recent years, known for maybe not sticking by their managers through, through difficult periods. Is, is he someone that, given his pedigree, given his track record at, at this level, supporters at least feel is, is the man that can push you guys up the table possibly next season beyond as well and and get you and, and achieve that dream I guess that all, all, all Forest fans want of getting back into the Premier League yeah I think if you ask the if you ask the supporters that are going every week the the, the proper supporters I like to call them rather than the, the Twitter arty um yeah he's definitely the man that we've got to give a bit of time to um like you say his track record just speaks for itself I, I think I'm not quite convinced that all Norwich fans um, overly appreciated what he did there, but his other clubs, Brighton, Newcastle, I mean, the, the people have been talking that the job he did at Brighton when he first walked in there looks very similar to what he's been dealt with at Forest. Um, they were languishing near the bottom. He had to pull them away, get a full summer, get his own players in. Um, so hopefully, the, it's got to stop somewhere. I think the, owner, I think the, the club hierarchy are sort of realising now that sacking managers doesn't really work and to be fair I think I think the club sticking by Sabri Lamucci um, in the summer it would have been so easy with us having been in the playoffs for so long last season to fall out on goal difference on the last day it would have been so easy for them to make a change then but they didn't they gave him four, four games um, we lost all four so it was kind of like a, we've got to do something um, I mean in the first four games of the season we didn't look like putting three or four passes together, never mind winning games. So they had to do something. They went for the tried and tested option. And I, I think, you know, pulling the trigger again now would just be, would make us even more of a laughing stock than we perhaps have been in recent years. Yeah, there was a, a nice word you mentioned in your first answer, which is stability. That's kind of what it feels it, it needs. And and like you say, Cuton will need time to, to sort of put his stamp on it and get his own players in. Michael, um, just just for your perspective on Chris Cuton, because I, I don't think he's a manager that's... Um, thought of particularly well not particularly as, as a human being I mean, everyone knows that Chris Hutton is is one of the loveliest guys in football but in terms of the style of football and there were obviously some some real differences between the job he had at Norwich compared to what he had at Forest Norwich were of course right. a, a Premier League team they, they just had Paul Lambert uh, one of the most well if not the most successful manager in, in recent history and and he came in with a different style so there are a lot of differences but from your perspective when I say Chris Hutton what, what what do you think of? Well, he showed up our defence and kept us in the Premier League for a couple of seasons. I mean, I think we ended 11th this, this season that he sort of put his stamp on the teams. So certainly he stabilised us defensively. Obviously, I think most Norwich fans would agree that the style of football that we played was fairly defensive. We tried to maybe uh, take a lead early on in a game and then sort of see it out. But uh, in a way, it worked because 
as I say, it kept us in the league. We had a few good results under Chris Hutton and a mid-table finish is not to be sneezed at for a club of, of um, Norwich's capacity at, at that time. So I think he did well. Um, I think the fans maybe misunderstood what he was trying to do. And I think maybe there were, there were times that they didn't maybe always appreciate what was going on behind the scenes. But I would certainly give him a tick for the time that he was in charge of the side. And and obviously then things sort of fell away. I remember that 5-0 loss at, at Brighton uh, when things really went haywire and defensively we looked all over the place and he took a lot of flack for that from the fans. So I think things started to slowly go downhill after that. But certainly in the early stages of his time in charge of Norwich, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, I remember that that ten game unbeaten run actually that he had at the uh, in in his yeah. first season included uh, what wins to get well a win against Manchester United and and a draw mm-hmm. against Arsenal. So um, that that almost single handedly kept Norwich up that run. And, and like you say, few managers have been able to keep Norwich in the Premier League since. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting you say that. But anyway, to the current crop, how are you feeling about Norwich City's current situation? I mean, it's it's difficult to put anything in but a positive spin on where they are at the moment. They're seven wins away from promotion probably won't even take that they look like they're returning to the premier league don't they oh well as 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 a statistician which is what i do in one of my other jobs i'm constantly trying to do the calculations and seeing what's happening and working out how many points we have to play with if we take farker's magic number of 90 points for automatic promotion then norwich have got 19 points that they can basically drop in the next 10 games so they need just 11 to get to 90 points so 11 from 10 games looks pretty healthy given that we don't have the most demanding fixtures in our next five. I think Forest on Wednesday night could be a difficult game. Then it's Blackburn at home. And then what I call the PhD matches, which is Preston, Huddersfield and Derby. And assuming things don't go too horribly wrong in the international break and we don't have players who are too tired who can get back in time and don't have to quarantine, we should be able to pick up a, a good number of wins in those. And then we have obviously a more difficult run-in going into the end of the season. But if you look at Swansea, Swansea have got only, at the moment, 12 points to play with that they can drop, and then Brentford and Watford, nine points each. So all that has to happen is Brentford or Watford need to lose perhaps two games in the next few, and suddenly they they won't be able to catch Norwich. And then I think the situation will become a lot calmer and we can relax in the run-in, which would be a wonderful position to be in, particularly given the fact that some of our players haven't had all that much game time of late. And I think they'd like to be able to get out there and be part of this hopefully very successful season. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's a wonderful position they're in. When, when you consider if they beat Forest and then Blackburn next Saturday, they're going to be on 85 points, which is... Um, mm-hmm. Quite a remarkable haul with what nine games left it would or eight games left it would be then. Lee, I hope we've not scared you too much with those um, with those numbers <laughs> and those figures. But in terms of w- what you spoke about, Forest um, being in, and needing to get through to the season, is this period now this 10, 11, however many games Forest have got left? Period. Is this about the players in the squad to kind of prove their worth to Chris Hutton and, and, and prove why they should be given another season and, and be a part of his plans? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's still a little bit. Um, we, we've, I know I've just said that I think we've probably got enough points anyway, but we'll still want the magic fifty. I think we've still got to target that, and I think until we get there, Hugh and all, uh, he'll kind of refrain from you know experimenting too much. I think he will go with the players, uh, the core thirteen, fourteen players that he's probably used since he came into the club. So, um, but yeah, there's got to be a, on Saturday against Reading. We did see a, a team that looked. You know, to show a little bit of effort, to show a bit of enthusiasm, the week. Um, I think it's been a difficult season because when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, you don't get a lot of time to 
work on things on the training ground. Um, when you when you're in Norwich's position and you're winning games, that that's great because you're just going out there and you're doing your stuff. But when you're having some bad results, it can it can be kind of the other way because if you have a bad result, I know people talk that it's great to get back out there, but I think sometimes you could do with working on a few bits on the training ground, especially if you're conceding from set pieces or you're conceding from silly goals. So I think we saw that the week uh, between us playing Watford uh, the previous Saturday and then Reading on Saturday did benefit us. Um, so I think a lot of players have got to, we've got a lot of players out of contract. So if they want new contracts next season, they're going to have to pull the socks up. And I thought it was interesting then that you said Norwich could probably afford to drop 19 points and still romp to promotion. So, I mean, if, if you were willing to send the under 18s on Wednesday night, it would be <laughs> a welcome boost for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very true. And, and you said about the magic 50 number, you, you guys are only nine points off that. So that would be what, three wins, wouldn't it, essentially in the final 10 to guarantee your safety. So I think it's, it's probably fair to say that that Forest, barring perhaps any sort of implosion and also a real surge from the teams below them, are, are probably going to be playing championship football again next year. I, I mean, looking at some of your recent results, and I, I know you haven't got a win in three, but it's it's a, what, a 1-1 draw against Forest, a 1-0 defeat to Watford, a 1-0 defeat to Luton, a draw, a 1-1 draw with um, with Derby, a 1-0 win against Rotherham and, and a 1-0 win against Blackburn. That's a lot of single goals, fine margins. It's, it's it, it does feel like Chris Hewton is... Is doing something which is sort of solidifying the defence, I suppose. Is, is that something that he really needed to change when he came in? Yeah, I think we'd still, we still need to be scoring more goals. That goes without saying. I think we scored 29 all season, which I think only, it's, it's quite interesting. I think only Derby have scored less than us. So um, there's something in the water in the East Midlands this season that uh, <laughs> isn't, you know, it's, it's not working for us in front of goal. But um, yeah, I think every game it's almost like you can almost replay Uton's comments from after every game because he just talks about needing to create more chances, needing to score more goals. And, and to be fair, he's spot on. I don't really know what the fans want him to say. He's not going to come out and say he's happy with seeing his team only score 29 goals this season. It's No manager's going to be happy with that. But I think what he also realises is we don't have a lot of belief when we go a goal behind. So it's really important that we try and cling on to a clean sheet as, you know, for as long as possible. Um, the 1-0 wins we have claimed the two you mentioned there Blackburn and Rotherham we never really looked like conceding so whilst they were pretty bland if you like in terms of us creating chances and looking like scoring goals we got the goal and then we sat on it which in our situation I don't think it's all about three points so I don't think anyone can be too um, critical if we are grinding out the 1-0 wins at the moment. Hmm. You've only conceded what thirty-five goals which I think is is fewer than than three teams currently sitting in the playoff places so that kind of illustrates where the issue is doesn't it if if you can kind of or correct that that goal scoring prowess next season and obviously you've got a name Norwich fans are familiar with Lewis Graben at the top end of the pitch and I think he's missed some football hasn't he this year um as well does mm. that show that the, the the signs I guess for the future are positive providing Chris Hewton can continue with what he's doing and inject a bit more talent at the top end of the pitch it does. I think there is a little bit more to it than that, I suppose, because our, our best player is probably Joe Worrell. So Premier League clubs are going to be sniffing around him. So that could see the defence decimated. As, as good as Scott McKenna is, he's not Joe Worrell. So I, ideally, we'd keep both of those. So as much as we have got a lot of defenders, it'd be nice to keep um, keep the academy graduate around. But then at the top end of the pitch, you've got Glenn Murray, who we, at this stage, he's only got a contract till the end of the season and he's... He's 37 now anyway. 
Lewis Graben and Lyle Taylor are both in the, the 30s. Um, Graben's been linked with moves away before, so, you know, he's scored three goals this season. T- Taylor's got four, so th- there's got to be another striker coming up for me in the summer, someone that's a little bit younger, someone that can come in and perhaps uh, nail down the shirt for, for three or four years uh, if they want to. Really interesting stuff. It's um, it's going to be see- interesting to see how Forest do next year, particularly given Chris Shooton's reputation. Um, Michael, we kind of spoke about Forest's lack of goals and, and and sort of struggles, I guess, this season. Certainly not an issue that Timu Puki is is having. Twenty one goals now. He's moved on to the season. I mean, we've got to take a moment to talk not just about his finish against Sheffield Wednesday, but also about Todd Cantwell's two exquisite finishes. I think befitting of winning any game. Ah, absolutely incredible the way that they finished those uh, those uh, opportunities that they had, and Puki the way that Oli Skip played him in was just superb. And then one touch and banging it in the top corner, and then for me uh, the way Emmy Buendia took that ball off Windas because Sheffield Wednesday were looking quite dangerous on the counter at that stage, and Buendia went in. And we know his reputation. We know the referees tend to target him, and if he mistimes the tackle, he's almost certainly going in the book, and he. Just timed that tackle perfectly, played in at Todd Cantwell. And Cantwell's first touch was superb, just to take it away from the defender. I think it was Palmer. And then work it onto his weaker foot and shoot first time into that top corner. Uh, really, those three in a triangle, if you want, are just superb. And they, they're purring on the field. And it's a great pleasure to watch. And it must honestly scare the opposition to know that those three are all in form at the same time and just creating opportunities left, right and centre. And when you've got workhorses like Skip and McLean, I think Kenny McLean does so much good work behind the scenes that goes unrewarded. He's all over the place. He's winning balls in the air and he's creating opportunities. Norwich are constantly moving forward and just playing those three in and giving them opportunities to score. And I think the amount of goals that they've scored in the last 10 games or since we've been on this run, in this eight-game winning run that we've had, uh, it's just been a, a testimony to the whole side and the way that everybody's just come together and and kept the belief up, even when things have gone slightly averse in certain games. Mm, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm calling them Norwich's ABC, uh, I think, <laughs> in terms of uh, the, the way they the, they roll. They've, uh, they've certainly been in excellent form. You, you, you mentioned the, the, the run there. If they actually beat Forest, then they've actually um, set a new club record of, of nine consecutive yes. wins in, in all competitions. I think they had one in the 80s, didn't they, which was um, 10 games, but they lost an FA Cup game in between. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure we're, we're quite having that one. So, there's, there's the carrot for Norwich City. Um, in, in terms of that Wednesday game, though, just to, to reflect before we um, start talking about this this Forest game coming up. Does it show the mindset, the character that they have in in their group that they were able to come through that game? It was one by two excellent strikes in the end, but a, a game that where but they weren't particularly in top gear, given perhaps some of their performances in recent weeks. But the fact they still got three points probably shows why they're at the top of the league and have the lead they do, right? Oh, absolutely, Connor. And I mean, if you look at it in this run of eight games, we've conceded three goals in eight games. Uh, go back to the, the title winning season in 2018-19. And we, can, we were conceding on average two goals a game at, at times. We were scoring three and four and five in, the, in that run. So that's why we were winning games as we were. But you never felt comfortable that Norwich could defend a lead in that season. Nowadays, it's been a, a lot more comfortable. If you look at the goals that were conceded against Stoke, Janulis's ridiculous pass across the area where he basically gave the goal away. A defensive aberration against Birmingham where the whole defence just seemed totally confused at that stage. And 
mistake after mistake that led to the goal. And then yesterday, a bit of lacquer rebound off the wall and a superb finish from Jordan Rhodes, uh, who just put it into the back of the net. And those are the only goals Norwich have conceded in eight games. So I, I think it's a situation that shows the defensive solidity. I think Handy and Gibson have been absolutely superb as a centre-back pairing. And Zimbo's done well when he's had to come in. And I don't know what's going to happen in this in the Forest game if Gibson is going to be able to start that game or if Zimmerman will partner Hanley at the back. We'll have to obviously wait and see what Daniel Farker says about that. But uh, the solidity at the back is just extraordinary. The fact that Alexander Tetty, who is normally the go-to man to bring on when you're trying to defend a lead and just make sure he protects the back four, he's hardly been needed this season. Sorensen's done the job. Skip and McLean have done the job superbly. And our wingbacks have done great work defensively as well. So um, I really think that as far as things are going defensively, Norwich are looking so good. And, the, and as a result, the strikers know that if they put the ball in the back of the net, almost invariably it's going to win games. And I hear what Lee was saying about uh, defending a lead and uh, the 1-0 wins that, that uh, Forrest have had. If you look at Norwich this season, every time we've scored the first goal, bar two games, uh, we've gone on to win. And those two games were draws at QPR and Coventry. And Coventry, we had a virtually, the kit man was virtually playing in that game because we really had nobody to put out on the field. And, and QPR was a very dubious penalty given very late in the game. Otherwise, every single match where we scored the first goal, we've gone on to win. And against Sheffield Wednesday, obviously, we've come from behind twice this season in 2-1 wins. So I think there's tremendous belief in the side. And I think there's a lot of good things to be proud about with this Norwich City side, and particularly the way they've responded to that horrible relegation season of last season and just uh, put it all together when it mattered. And as we say, an eight-game winning run now and long may it continue. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it, it's certainly a, a really nice position to be in with some nice performances accompanying it as well, both defensively and offensively, even um, given the, the perhaps slight mishap on on Sunday but I think as as you said three goals in in eight games is it's not a bad record at all is it so you can you can forgive them for a slight lapse in concentration you you are going to concede goals regardless of of who you are even if you have the best defense in the world um Lee previewing this game how how do you view it as someone who who covers and and follows Forest is it kind of a, a decent test for for you guys to see just where you are is is that how you see it you see it as a real challenge how how do you sort of assess Forest and uh, and play in Norwich City can can Hutton use it as a gauge to 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 test sort of the quality of his squad? Do you think? Um, it's difficult, isn't it? I think at this stage of the season, it's not going to tell us a great deal. I suppose um, Norwich is ten points clear at the top, so the the odds are firmly stacked against us. It's fair to say uh, that's not being defeatist. It's just being brutally honest. I think there's a lot to admire about Norwich um, on the pitch and off it. Really, I think. They, they get a lot of stick because, uh, you know, constantly up, constantly down. It's Every season, they seem to be either fighting relegation or fighting promotion. So, I think you've only got to look there. They've kept their manager. They've kept a lot of their players. They've got a good core of young talent coming through. Uh, they produce the talent every year. So, I think um, whilst I hope we don't give Norwich too much respect tomorrow, I don't think it will. It's a bit of a free hit for us, I think. Um, I think it's a case of giving it a go. I think what I'd rather us see is kind of have a go. I think we saw yesterday when, when Sheffield Wednesday started quite brightly, they did get a few opportunities and they did take one. Um, obviously, they couldn't quite keep um, keep Norwich at bay. But I think if if we play with that mindset um, and the similar mindset that we did against Reading on Saturday, I think I wouldn't put it past us scoring. Um, 
but I don't think it'll tell us a great deal. If we win, it'd be great. Um, and it'd probably just, it'd probably frustrate fans if we actually won because it'd be a bit of a, well, where's that team been all season sort of thing? Um, we've got Brentford away on Saturday, so it doesn't get any easier than that. And then after that, we've got Cardiff away. So the next three games, are, I know we're in a difficult situation, but we haven't really got a great deal to lose in any of the games. Um I've been looking at the fixtures of the teams down there and over the next three or four games, we're all playing the same teams. We're all playing Norwich. We're all playing Brentford. A couple are playing Swansea. So, like I said earlier, I can't, I genuinely can't foresee a situation where if even if we lose three on the bounce from here, I really can't see a situation where we end up in the bottom three. It's That's no disrespect to the teams down there, but they are down there because they can't put results together. Yeah, uh, agreed. And, and on the evidence, uh, well, Sheffield Wednesday are obviously now, what, seven points adrift, I think. Yeah. And Rotherham have got a couple of games in hand. Wickham are, are down there and cut adrift as well. So it, it looks like those two are going to go. It just looks like that final position, doesn't mm. it, that that maybe is 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 going to be decided. When I think back to the reverse fixture at Carrow Road, there was a, a decent spell for Forrest in the second half where they caused Norwich some real problems. And that was probably ended by Emmy Buendia's, what, heavily just deflected goal to... Mm to win it. So does does that kind of give you confidence, Lee, that um, Forrest can rise to the challenge and, and they can, as you say, have a, have a real go against this Norwich side? Because I think we've seen teams that do get on the front foot and do get after them and, as you say, do have a bright start. Often did he deal with, with Norwich much better than perhaps teams that, that sit off. Yeah, I think I, I do. I remember the game at Carrow Road, actually. I, it was the goal just before half-time that really killed us. I think if we'd yeah. gone in at the break, you know, with the score level... I actually think we could have gone on, with how we'd played in the first half, I actually think we could have perhaps gone on and won that game. Um, obviously, a lot's changed since then. But, yeah, I think uh, we have got the players that can, the likes of Knockhart, he's been brilliant. I remember it, the goal we scored at Carrow Road was, you know, one of his typical uh, left-footed crosses that just whipped in and kind of deceived everyone. Um, so, we've got the players that can hurt any team in the Championship. It's just, we've not been consistent enough to do it. Um, we on a reg- on a frequent basis, but along with that, it's just having belief. I think we've got a lot of players from last season who have spent the whole campaign kind of feeling sorry for themselves. Um, it, it was it was disastrous what happened on the last day of last season. But mm. you know, we're we're three quarters of the way into the season after now. A lot of the players that were you know at the club at that point, it should be out of the systems now. But because they've not had fans in the ground, I suppose it has been easier for players to kind of get stuck in a rut because if, if you're having a bad period and there's 30,000 people in the stadium, you quickly forget and you quickly think, oh, actually, I need to pull my socks up a bit here and you know start doing something. But because there's no fans in the ground, it's been a bit flat. And I think a lot of our key players, you know, without being harsh, they've said it themselves when they've come out in interviews, a lot of our key, key players just simply haven't been good enough this season. Yeah, and, and I think you, what you say there, you have to find it from within, don't you? And, and that, that kind of mm. seems like the teams that have, have done well have almost found that and found that mentality within themselves rather than perhaps leaning, obviously, on the fans, which they can't do at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting point you make. Michael, in, in terms of, of this game, how do you view it from a Norwich City perspective? Because the position at the top, as we kind of spoke about, is 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 comfortable. It's nice to, to look at the league table. I can imagine Norwich fans just drifting off during several days, mm. just um, opening up various websites and, and looking at the league table and, and marvelling at all the green in the wing column. But 
how important is it that they keep this momentum going and they try and get the job done as, as soon as possible? Because you, you referenced that Easter break. Obviously, there, there are going to be players going off to international duty. Um, the, the game against Preston, I know there's a lot of frustration about that inside the camp because they're having to play that on Good Friday, which is less than 48 hours after some players play internationals on the Wednesday. It's important that Norwich City get themselves in a convincing enough position before that um, sort of international break, because what follows could be injuries and and, and and who knows what else. So it's it's important, isn't it, that they get the points on the board in the next two games? Well, Connor, we're fortunate enough in South Africa that we get to see a lot of games in the championship on our local television. So I try and watch what our rivals... Oh, I think we might have lost Michael there. Hopefully we can um, get him back shortly. Uh, Lee, I'll, I'll come to you then as, as we uh, as we try to get Michael back. In terms of how you see this this game going for for Forrest, um, just give us a little bit of an indication of, of how you think Chris Shooting will will approach it. Do you think he'll, he'll look at it in the same way as he has recently and try and um, make it a fairly low scoring affair? Yeah, I can't. I can't see him changing too much. I think it'll be the typical four-two-three-one. Um, when he first came into the club, we did see him uh, pack the midfield with an extra man, so like a four-three-three. But he's kind of abandoned that recently. And, and the, the players he signed in January have, have brought some much-needed balance to the team, and it's, it has made us uh, the games we've won um, have largely been down to the new recruits. To be fair, so. Um, I, I don't. I don't expect a different approach. I think you will see it as a, a chance to. Um, you'll see it as a chance to win. He's very, he's quite defiant when he speaks. But prior to a game, he's he'll be under no illusions that Norwich are heavy favourites. But he will see that Forest have got players that can hurt them. Um, I'm looking at the Norwich team and I'm struggling to see where. Uh, I've got to be honest. Um, again, not being defeatist, I just I think we're on a hide into nothing. Norwich are, are absolutely flying, like you say, club records on the horizon and, and this, that, and the other. So. Um, I'd be amazed if we got anything out of the game, um, but such is the nature of the championship. Who knows? I, I guess we've just got to give it a go and, and see what happens. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a great level of the championship, isn't it? It doesn't care for league position or, or, or any of that form books, as, as we saw on Sunday, actually, I think for, for large portions with, with Sheffield Wednesday. Michael, we've, we've got you back, so I'll let you um, finish the point you Sorry were making. You, you, that's OK. You were speaking um, about watching lots of, of championship games on your local telly, so I'll, I'll let you pick up. Yeah. Um, so what I was saying is I get to see Swansea and Watford and Brentford quite a lot. And I've seen a couple of Forest games also recently. And I certainly think that they're a side who are playing well, maybe just lacking a little bit of belief here and there. But I thought they did well against Watford. I watched that game. Watford scored in the end a goal that the keeper should have saved. It was a long shot from Messina just outside the box that flew in. And after that, Forest were probably the better side. They created more. Um, although I, I don't think there were too many shots on target in that game. They certainly have a creative engine room. Uh, Lee's mentioned Anthony Knockhart. I think he's the big danger man. Garner looks useful in midfield. I've heard that Joe Worrell might be missing for this game. So if that yeah. is the case, that's going to be a big blow for, for Forrest and a big bonus for, for Norwich because he's so important defensively, I think. But there's certainly players who, who can hurt Norwich. And Murray up front, if he gets the opportunity, he will stick it away. But I think it depends also, uh, you asked me how important this is. I don't think Norwich would mind too much, given the league table and given where we are, to go away from the city ground with a draw. I know everybody wants to keep the run going, and if they can get to that magical 85 figure after Saturday, 
then it takes so much pressure off. And it doesn't really matter about Preston if we have a few players that we have to bring in as a result of uh, players being tired and coming back from international breaks. So, I mean, Preston, Huddersfield and Derby are games that on paper, at least, Norwich should win quite easily or should take uh, the bulk of points, five to seven points from those three games that happened just after the international break. So if we're sitting even on 83 points going into that break. The business could well be done before we face the Bournemouths and the Watfords and the Reddings at home in mid-April. So from that point of view, if Norwich can do the business this week and get a win and a draw or back-to-back wins, uh, it's virtually assured that that's pressure's off and we can take it easy and relax and just play our brand of football and just enjoy it in the in the run-in and watch the battle for second, which I think is going to be very intriguing. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. It's, al- it's almost disconcerting when you paint the picture there of how smooth a run Norwich have now <laughs> to the end of the season. I think anyone that's followed Norwich for a large uh, period of time probably isn't used to it being as... Um, well, I don't want to say plain sailing because there's there's obviously um, things to, to go. There's 10 games sure. to play, so anything could happen. But to see it be so smooth as it has been so far is um, is a little bit disconcerting. Um, Lee, let's let's start with you because you're, you're, you're the home side. So how, I'll obviously get your view on how you see this game going. And then, of course, I'll ask you for that dreaded score prediction as well. Um, it's difficult. I, th- I think it'll be a, an interesting game because it could... If we if we start well, we might actually see a situation where, like the Wednesday game, um, where we take the lead. But the, the big factor in that is us taking chances. I mean, we we could have been five 0 up against Reading before we, we we did eventually score in the second half. So putting out putting the ball in the net has been a big problem for us um, when you're playing a team um, such as Norwich that are good in you know defensively and offensively. It's going to be tricky. Um, I do feel like I've got to give a score prediction that kind of goes with my head. Uh, my heart, sorry, over my head. Uh, so I'm going to go for a a very slender 1-0 home win. Whoa. Love Based it. on absolutely nothing, though. <laughs> Love it. That's that's fine. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think whenever you get opposition fans on, you want them to go with their heart and you want them to go big. So it's um it's it's good to to hear you be positive. Actually, it's it's not always been the case this season. Uh, Michael, let's let's come to you then. Let's get the the flip side of that as a as a Norwich fan. How do you see this game going? And, and do you back Norwich to uh, to get the three points, or are you settling for perhaps what you said earlier in terms of uh, a point? No, I think this season, the way things are going and the run that we're on, I'm not setting for a point by any means. I I think Forrest will give us a good go. I remember that Boxing Day match two years ago, that incredible three-all draw at Carrow Road with goals in the, what was it, 93rd and 97th minute after Forrest were 3-0 up midway through the second half. So if we get a thriller like that, that could be quite exciting. But I think if Norwich score first, they'll see it out pretty easily. I think if Forrest score first, it's it could open things up a little bit, but I believe Norwich have just got too much belief at the moment. They're on such an incredible run and the, the belief is oozing through every pore in the players in the side. I mean, Emi Buendia is just phenomenal the way he's clicking. My favourite ever goal probably for for Norwich was a goal he scored against Hull City almost exactly to the day two years ago with that little back flick uh, that played in Pukki. Pukki with a back heel and then Emi side-footing it in. That's probably my favourite Norwich goal of all time and those two combined so well. So I think even if Forrest do take the lead and even against a Chris Hutton uh, side who's set up so well defensively, I think there are gaps there. Figueiredo doesn't exactly scare me as a centre-back. I think our our strikers can certainly get at him and can create space around him. So I think if you want a scoreline, I think Norwich will win it 2-1. But I think it'll be a little bit tighter than a lot of people are expecting. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you both, actually. I think it will be a tight game of, of few goals, I expect, but uh, nonetheless, a really intriguing encounter. Lee, Michael, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate your time. Thank you all very much for watching as well. Of course, uh, my colleagues will be at the City Ground on Wednesday evening to provide live coverage and all of the reaction and analysis from that game as well. And then, of course, for Blackburn as well. We'll hopefully be back for another Terrace Talk again, probably on Thursday or Friday later this week. You know, uh, you know when to watch out for them. Thank you very much for watching. Make sure you stay safe. Leave a score prediction and your thoughts on the game down below. We'll try and read as many as we can and make sure you stay safe as well. Thank you very much for watching. See you soon.